Welcome to the Inspired by Her Story podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Casso, travel and brand photographer and the founder of Caitlin Casso Creations, where I share other women's stories through my photographs and now this podcast. Inspired by Her Story is a podcast dedicated to inspiring, motivating, encouraging, and empowering women to get out of their comfort zones and follow their dreams. Whether it's owning their own business, experiencing something new, or making a major life change, I want to encourage other women to follow their dreams and live their lives to the fullest. Throughout this podcast, I will be sharing my own stories and those of inspirational women with hopes to let souls connect and adventures to unwind. Follow along as I take you with me during my travels, experiences, and encounters with these amazing women. Are you looking for a platform to help you manage your business? HoneyBook helps creative entrepreneurs and freelancers book more clients, manage projects, and get paid all in one place. With this business management software, you can send out contracts, automate emails to clients, stay on top of all of your to-dos, and send out invoices within seconds. HoneyBook helps me make sure that each and every one of my clients are well taken care of while helping me save time and money all at once. If this is something that you're looking for, you can save 50% off your first year with HoneyBook. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes so you can receive 50% off. Your future self and clients will thank you. Today on Inspired by Her Story is Serena Albalian. Serena is your ultimate mashup of Gary Vee meets Tinkerbell. She is on a mission to disrupt the wellness industry through her work as a mindset coach to help fitness pros unlock their mindset blocks, connect deeper with their clients, and grow their business. During this episode, Serena talks more about your inner child and how to interact with it. You know, specific visual things that you saw, you know, physical experiences that you had, all of that is stored in like a hard drive essentially in your mind when you are young and it kind of stops at at a certain age and it's locked forever. I say that with air quotes because it's not forever if you do the work, Um, but essentially it gets locked in there. And then as you grow up, everything you do during your waking days as, you know, a preteen, adult, old person, whoever, you know, whatever age you are is essentially operating from your conscious mind. And that your behaviors and your patterns and your belief systems and your language and your overall energy is all affected by your subconscious. Her mission to help the mindset of fitness coaches. My whole mission is to essentially shift the current paradigm of the fitness industry and allow ourselves to look at wellness as a more holistic world. And how to start finding your purpose kind of created, you know, a mantra or an affirmation for myself that it was okay to do something and to change my mind, that that was an okay thing to do because growing up, you know, it, it wasn't always the best thing. And I put a lot of my own guilt and shame onto that and other people's, um, you know, whatever you need to hear to remind yourself to keep on this path to searching for whatever it is that you want. Find what comes up as lies or comes up as, you know, the thoughts in your head and rewrite them to allowing yourself to be okay with it. Let's hear more about her journey. Welcome to the podcast, Serena. Thank you so much for having me. 
Yeah, of course. I'm so excited to dig more into like everything that you're all about in your whole journey, because I remember when we first met and you were sharing your journey with me, I was taking all these notes and I was like, oh my God, I have so much to say. I have so much that I want to talk about. And so I'm really excited to dig in today and talk more into these things because of course I try to hold back at first when I first meet you so we could save it for the podcast. (laughs) So tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yes. So, you know, I I love, it's one of those questions we love to hate as well, but um, I I am a Jill of all trades. I have a background in many, many things, but right now my purpose on this beautiful earth, um, I'm a mindset coach for fitness coaches. So my whole mission is to essentially shift the current paradigm of the fitness industry and allow ourselves to look at wellness as a more holistic world and to look at it from a place of sustainability and longevity and that mental fitness instead of just, you know, lifting really heavy barbells and counting every single calorie of our foods. Um, I think that it's a very archaic industry and it's one that saved my life and that I've been able to spend so many years navigating it, uh, especially being super young in the industry and even the whole mindset spirituality industry and just kind of being able to carve, carve a new way through it. So that's what I do. I work a lot with Uh, inner child healing is like my biggest thing. I love talking about that. And I'm, I'm just here to here to serve as much as I can and show up for people and hold space. And then, you know, be that little energizer bunny on the side as well. (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. I love it. And I think that it is so needed to that whole mental health side to fitness, because, you know, there's a certain time where I feel like in the culture of society, it's just like, go, 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 like work your hardest, like count all of the calories, count all of your macros. If like people are into that also and like work out every day and you get really hard on yourself. And so I love the fact that it's starting to become a little bit bigger, like a bigger awareness towards mental health side to fitness too. So I'm really excited to dig into more of like what you're doing with that and kind of even how you got into that a little bit more too within the podcast. And so can you also share a little bit more about your journey and how it is that you did get to where you are today? Hmm. Well, uh, so it's, it's one of those journeys that has a lot of hats and a lot of different costumes. And I make this analogy specifically because I grew up as a professional actor. Um, I've been acting in Boston since I was six years old and it's one of my biggest passions in life. I love it. Luckily, it just came very naturally to me, and I've just kind of been riding on the coattails of, you know, showing up and doing my thing for for years and years. Uh, But in saying that, you know, as as many of us know, uh, there's that very stereotypical you know, archetype that, that people who are artists or especially actors kind of have when they graduate high school and it's like, oh, what are you going to do? You're just going to, you know, be a starving artist on the street. And uh, I, I, chose, I chose not to. I chose not to go to school for the arts. Um, I, I didn't believe in it and I, I kind of still don't. I, I like that art can come naturally to some people and it's just a thing that you love. Uh, so in saying that, I, I went to an art school, not for 
theater, but I went to an art school in Chicago for a couple of years and changed my major two or three times, had a lot of epiphanies, a lot of broken hearts, you know, all the stuff that comes with, comes with college. Um, that's really where my mental health journey began. Um, and, and then I, I stumbled out of that school, stumbled into another university and throughout all of this, um, was really just wearing so many different hats. It had so many different jobs and acquired so many different skills on this pursuit of trying to figure out who I am and what I'm supposed to do, you know, those big, big questions. And somehow I, I was able to, well, not somehow, I kind of know how, but I was able to keep persevering through the confusion of it and the doubt and all of those things that we go through as we become budding entrepreneurs, budding CEOs, you know, wherever, whatever we're after. Uh, and, and I was able to kind of fall into my purpose and even more so land in such a beautiful opportunity and time and space where I get to do what I do. And it comes from a place that it fills my cup and I get to share my story while also teaching and, and preaching and, and sharing, uh, my, my wisdom with, with the humans. And I'm super grateful for, for all of it. But well, yeah, when I say I've worn a lot of hats and it's taken me personally, what felt like inner turmoil for years to kind of get to where I am now, I definitely feel very secure in that now, despite the fact that two years ago, even a year ago, I would not believe that I'd be saying these words right now. So, <laughs> And I love how when you originally shared that with me too, I told you how I love the fact that, you know, you mentioned that it took like a lot of time in order to actually get to where you are today. You know, you tried some different things out and then now here you are. And because that's like a big thing and theme about this podcast, because I want to share the fact that it is a journey to get to where you are today. And I say this all the time, you know, like you didn't snap your fingers and here you are. It's a journey. You go through different steps and sometimes it takes some time to also find your purpose and feel like you have finally found something that just brings you joy and you just feel so fulfilled in the end every day that you're doing it. So I love the fact that you share that also, because I think it's such an important message for people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's a roller coaster if that, but it's, uh, it's one worth getting on. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And now do you feel like by having the experience of acting as well, do you feel like that it has helped you become more comfortable in putting yourself out there as an entrepreneur? So it's funny you ask that because it's one of those things I feel like as an actor, people are just expect you to be extroverted, you know, you're performing in front of thousands or, or whatever. And I have always been extroverted, but it wasn't really until, and I will never forget this moment. I feel like we all kind of have these pivotal moments that we never forget. And that's what, you know, shapes us to who we are. Um, but I'll never forget. I was at an audition, an open call. It was a whole long day ordeal for anyone who's in the industry. I, they know my pain. Um, but we were at this, uh, call for a show for hours and hours. And I remembered seeing this girl walk in and she walked in with such a light around her, like the aura around her was literally just so bright. And she was introducing herself to everybody and just being so kind and caring and just literally like a ball of sunshine. And in my head, I put my foot down right there and then. And I was like, 
I need to do whatever I can to be her. Like, I want to be that. I want to be the girl that walks into an audition and is so confident. Like her chin is so high. She's not cocky. You know, she's just genuinely happy to be there and excited to meet these people. And it wasn't until I saw that and I decided that I wanted to embody it that I have been able to slowly, brick by brick, build the confidence required to be an entrepreneur because there is so, so, so much work that is not showcased all the time when we talk about entrepreneurship, especially in the age of social media and how much you have to put yourself out there and whatnot and ask for things, like really just bluntly ask for things. And it definitely was that that experience more behind the scenes than, than in front of it or on stage where I really just began to learn like, if I want something, I gotta just, I gotta ask for it. Like I gotta reach for it. I gotta, I gotta put myself out there, A, and then B, you know, be that girl, like be the one for me who just lights up a room when she walks into it, isn't afraid of making friends with her enemies, you know, the potential people who could get the role like her, because it just showed a different level of compassion and transparency. And that's what I think has definitely been a big factor in how I even run my business today and show up as a coach is because I get that other side of it that was scary and you felt like you really were putting, you know, like they say, like I wear my heart on my sleeve sort of thing or an open book. But I think being an open book and wearing your heart on your sleeve, despite how painful it can be in this world, especially as a female entrepreneur, I think there's something to be said very differently about that, um, about that look, because obviously we experience the world differently, but I truly do believe that if more of us were that open book and we we operated from a place of that you know inner child joy of like I want to share my message and share it with everybody and just be so happy and open to receiving and holding space I think that's what makes the best businesses the most successful in the long run because they they come from your heart. So yeah, long-winded but acting definitely taught me how to be more confident, how to be okay with Huh, funny story, literally having your skirt fall down in the middle of a performance in front of 500 people and still keep going. So there's definitely a lot of, um, actually a lot of resilience that's been taught to me by the industry that, that up until now I hadn't really thought much about. So, so thank you for that opportunity. <laughs> that's so awesome. Um, and thank you for sharing that. I think like, especially with what you said in regards to, it's like, almost when you feel like you are doing what you're meant to do, then I almost feel like an inner confidence does come out too, because it's like, it makes you feel more confident by the fact that you love doing what you do. You get excited about it, you know, whether it's like even going on Instagram stories or something and like talking about what you're doing to your audience, or even just like coming on a podcast and talking about what you do, you love to be able to share what you're doing. So it kind of brings out this inner confidence that necessarily, or doesn't necessarily come out if you're doing something that you don't feel brings you joy and maybe is your purpose or gives you that fulfillment every day too. Absolutely. It's all about speaking your truth, you know, the part that's separate from your ego. And when that finally gets like the channel through your throat to, to share its message and to have that little Apple box or that megaphone attached to it, that's when it 
you get into a state of flow and that's when it becomes easy and you don't feel cheesy. You don't feel like you're overselling your yourself or being too salesy because you just genuinely believe in yourself and your product and your service. And we see that all the time. Like, even if you look at politicians, you know, like they're sitting there, you know, preaching and hammering away what they believe in because they believe in in it with such conviction and gusto that you're just drawn to that. And you don't have to be an extrovert to do that. You don't have to be any sort of personality to do that. A lot of the people that I know who are very successful are introverted, but still have this nature about them that allows them to just have this energy of that just literally just magnetizes you into them because they're speaking from their truth and from their, what I call like your highest self. So yeah, like your purpose essentially. Yeah, exactly. And I love how you bring that to light too. just the fact that, you know, you can also like be an introvert and still be an entrepreneur at the same time. Absolutely. Sometimes people think like, oh, you know, if I'm going to be starting my own business, then I have to be like super bubbly and outgoing and talk to everybody and just like love being around people all the time. And it doesn't necessarily need to be that way. No, if anything, sometimes my energy is too much for people, you know, and, and that's potentially a downfall, but it's also an opportunity for someone else who has a different personality to show up and hold space for that client or whomever it is. So know that, you know, just because potentially the people who are the loudest, you know, with, with air quotes, um, doesn't mean that that's the only way of, of doing it. That's just because we're loud. <laughs> and, and to be, and on top of that, um, we're loud and it hasn't always felt safe for us to be loud either. So there's, there's so much involved in that as well, but, um, yeah, definitely something to, to, to take home is, is, you know, you don't have to be X, Y, or Z to be successful. Just, just be you as cliche as that sounds. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. And now you mentioned a couple times already about inner child. So I'd love for you to share with the listeners in case if they aren't familiar with what their, your inner child is, if you could share exactly what that is and what kind of work you typically do with it. Mm -hmm. So I'll start with a little bit of a story because, you know, being an actor, I'm a storyteller. Um, so the, the inner child for me was something I didn't, I'd never heard of, never understood not a zip, not a, um, but, um, in the summer of what was it? 2016. Um, I had fallen into a very dark depression and, um, trigger warning. I had, you know, suicidal ideation and whatnot as well. And during that time it was, you know, I felt very lost and very uncertain and all of those sorts of things. And it wasn't until I went to the aquarium in Boston, which I highly recommend. It's absolutely beautiful. And it's one of my favorite places because sea turtles are one of my favorite animals. So I that do. inner child in me, really? Uh -huh. <gasps> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> yes. Sea turtles are one of my favorite, all-time favorite animals. And, you know, anytime you go to a place like the aquarium or the zoo, like your little inner kid comes out and you're like, ah, this is so much fun. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was at the aquarium. I was actually showing um, a friend of mine who was visiting from France. And I just remembered being in that aquarium and not enjoying myself. And I almost like heard this little voice inside of me being like, I'm confused. Like, why aren't we having fun right now? Like, do you see what are you, are your eyeballs open? Like, do you see what's going on around us? Like, look at this. And it was almost like this literal little small version of me. So, you know, five-year-old me like was outside of myself, like looking back at me being like, so confused and frustrated. Like she didn't recognize who I was. And that for me was very unsettling. And 
stopped me dead in my tracks. And I went home that night and tried to bring her back into my head and like, you know, visually sit her across from me on my bed and be like, what do I do? You know, like, where, where are we? How did we get here? What can I do to make you smile again? What can I do to make you laugh again? Like, how do I connect back to you? Because I was so, so lost, right? So far from my truth, my purpose, like we've been saying, um, that my mini me didn't even recognize herself essentially. So that's where my version of the inner child comes from. And to go a little bit more scientific on that, Essentially, our subconscious mind is programmed between, you know, the ages of zero to seven. People will say different ages, but I, I, I believe it's about zero to seven. And what I mean by subconscious mind is the things that you experience in your life, what has been told to you, how you've been treated, what environment you grew up in, like literally the energy in the environment, um, you know, specific visual things that you saw, you know, physical experiences that you had, all of that is stored in like a hard drive essentially in your mind when you are young and it, it kind of stops at, at a certain age and it's locked forever. I say that with air quotes because it's not forever if you do the work, um, but essentially it gets locked in there. And then as you grow up, everything you do during your waking days as you know, a preteen, adult, old person, whoever, you know, whatever age you are is essentially operating from your conscious mind. And that your behaviors and your patterns and your belief systems and your language and your overall energy is all affected by your subconscious. So whatever you experienced in your youth, in that childhood phase of yours, was very, very crucial in setting you up to how you view the world today and how you experience it and choose to experience it. So when, when I learned that and I realized that, I begin to have this view that I have the responsibility now and I have the opportunity to reparent myself. And when I say reparent, I mean lovingly, you know, forgiving our parents for the way that they raised us because there is no manual for that. And they are humans who probably are not healed either. And they didn't really know any better. And they kind of got this like botched Ikea manual and <laughs> they just, you know, went with it and tried their hardest. So forgiving that and understanding that now we have this beautiful, beautiful chance to reparent our youth, our childhood, the way that we want. And it doesn't have to be, you know, it's spiritual. It doesn't have to be super scientific. It, it can really live however you want it to. And the more that you take the time to tap into that, you will see changes in every single facet of your life. And I mean that because literally your the words that you use, the specific words that you choose to use on a day-to-day -day basis affect you from head to toe. And when we get to rewire that and rewrite the narrative for a specific phrase that was drilled into your mind as a kid or a belief you have about your body or my personal favorite, because I'm positive everyone will resonate with this, especially entrepreneurs, the idea that money doesn't grow on trees. People love to throw that phrase around. And I heard it a lot growing up and it took a lot of time to reprogram that, to believe that that that's not actually my truth. It can be your truth if you want. I'll let you, you know, be miserable in that, but it doesn't have to be. And that's like the first example I usually use to tell people like, wouldn't you love to believe that it 
does grow on trees and that it can grow on trees. And they're like, yeah, well, Serena, that doesn't work that way. And I was like, mm, but it works that way in my world and I'm doing pretty well. Um, so of course there's, you know, privilege put aside to that as well. But at the same time, there is beautiful healing in, in, in doing that, whether it's something like your mental illness or an eating disorder or simply, you know, motivation or habits like all of that, in my belief, always stems from whatever was built in your subconscious, in your inner child. And the more work we do to like reconnect with our mini me's, the more enjoyable, safer, and more free life becomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I find it so interesting how you say like from zero to seven to is that time. Because I feel like I remember growing up and there'd be certain ages, maybe say like even zero to four or something. And sometimes you'd hear parents be like, oh, well, they won't remember this. You know, like just thinking like they're so young and that like they won't remember that this happened or like they say maybe they could say certain things around them and just think like kids aren't listening or they're not paying attention or they don't really know what's going on. But really in reality, they are and it is affecting them greatly too. And I find it so interesting how sometimes you yourself don't even realize what it was that was said around you. Like maybe you don't remember, but then all of a sudden you're feeling the impacts of what maybe was said or you did see from when you were a child too. Mm -hmm. And if I can blow your mind even further, um, there is also a, a belief that you carry your mother's wounds while you are in her womb Mm -hmm. because the things that she experiences while carrying you simplest thing being stress we have the science behind that we know how it affects a baby from stress to what they eat down to what they think and what they've experienced in their life and the trauma that they hold and all that sort of stuff gets passed down onto you Mm -hmm. and you unfortunately are born into this earth with burdens that aren't yours and no one gives you the opportunity to recognize that or to work through that. So exactly like you said, people think, oh, they won't remember or, you know, there's no, whatever it's just, it's just this, or it's just that, or it's, you know, whatever. Uh, but then I bring that one in and I go, well, actually we've been remembering things before we even had a little brain in our, in our our brain. Uh, so something, something to keep note of as well. Yeah. That's so interesting. Oh my goodness. That's so crazy. Um, and now also with inner child, isn't there also like inner child work? Like you mentioned how, when you went to the aquarium and you weren't having fun now, isn't there also, um, where people can also just think, uh, like making sure that they bring out more inner child work in a sense where they take the time to have fun and play, like even as adults, is that a part of inner child too? Yes, absolutely. So I like to look at it on a spectrum because I think when people first hear of inner child, they either go to, oh, this dark, you know, miserable, hurt child sitting in the corner that has all of this trauma from a poor childhood. You know, I don't want to have to deal with that. That seems too sad and depressing. Or they look at it from the opposite perspective of, oh, like, you're just telling me to like go play on a playground more and eat candy. And I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, if you want to, like, if that sounds fun to you, um, but it doesn't have to be. So exactly like you're saying, yeah, inner child work, a lot of it is reconnecting back to play and back to fun times, you know, like 
one of the first things I ask people to ask their inner child when they sit them down is like, what makes you laugh? Like what cartoons did we watch when we were a kid? right? What stuffed animals did we have? What songs were we singing? Like just the simple, simple things like that. I don't need you to go to the playground and, you know, force yourself to try and have fun on something that doesn't resonate with you anymore. Like that's fine. But I think all of us would love to sit down and like watch our Saturday or like after school cartoons again, you know, even if just for an episode, just to like remember what it was like to not have a care in the world and just enjoy that. And, and that to me is where, where play can come in. It can also come in in your relationships too. You know, the world is so, can be so scary and so serious if we choose to look at it that way. And while that is important as well, because it is, you know, a serious world that we live in, but at the same time, you know, can you invite more play into your friendships, into your, you know, intimate relationships? You know, what does that look like? Have you ever even stopped to, to think about where there's opportunity to bring that inner child back into the world. Mm -hmm. And for many people, it's easy, you know, cause they can connect back to that and they've kind of always been youthful and, you know, you know, dancing around their room for 20 minutes is fun or like, you know, trying to relearn how to do a cartwheel or something is, is easy for them. But other people still have a lot of, you know, insecurities tapped around that and, and even shame, you know, surrounding them even allowing themselves to step into, into child and to play. And, and for those people, I just say, you know, invite yourself to, to sit down um, and ask yourself the simple questions, like start easy, you know, like make, make it your version of it. But yeah, absolutely. Play is, is a, is a big part of it, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, it can look however you want it to look. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love how you mentioned that just because there is, as you said, it's like a spectrum. So it's like, all different sides that you can kind of look at it and you can also start from different places and maybe continue kind of growing in a sense too. Absolutely. I have a client right now who we're working on, you know, body image is a thing that came up and actually not even body image, but her hair has been a topic of conversation for years and years and something that she has held really close to her heart. And so I invited her. I said, okay, I want you in the mornings to picture mini you and if that means literally getting a photograph of you when you were a kid and bringing it, you know, into the, to the bathroom with you in the mornings, then, then do that. I don't need you to, you know, be this great meditator or anything. Just make it easy for yourself, people. So bring this photo with you, you know, put it on your vanity and in the morning before, like whether you're looking at yourself in the mirror or you're looking at the photo, like tell her the things that she needed to know when she was feeling down about herself in regard to her hair. You know, if you were to look at a kid, any kid, and you know, you saw them crying and they're like, oh, I don't like my hair today. Like Susie told me it looked ugly. Like, how would you care for that child? How would you make them feel loved and safe and seen? Like that's the basics of it all. And and one and one last thing I'll say before I finish my my tangent is the reason why this works so well is not because it's some super meditative practice and it's not because it's super spiritual or you know even like really scientific it works because as humans we're so dang good at taking care of everybody else but ourselves mm -hmm. and what this practice does is it allows you to externalize yourself a part of yourself and I'm asking you to take care of that, which in turn, magically, is basically you taking care of yourself 
right? Mm -hmm. But because I'm telling you to take it outside of yourself, like buy yourself a plant and take care of it. I'm telling you, put this little kid outside of you, have them follow you around all day like a little shadow and take care of them. You know, give them the Band-Aid when they fall and they scratch their knee. Make them laugh on a Friday night when they're alone and they wish that their friends were here. Like those things. And when you begin to to start to do that, you go, oh, that's easy. I can take care of somebody else, right? But you start to build this, it's a very secret and tricky way of us coaches for, for this sort of healing, but, but it does. And then you go, oh, we're one in the same. Like, I get it now. And you're like, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. And that is so true because people are more likely to help others rather mm-hmm. than helping themselves. But if they mm-hmm. look at themselves almost as like a separate person, they're more likely to do the work and take care of them. And then then it's really them taking care of themselves. I love that. I think that's so genius, like a a different way for somebody to actually see it too. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm proud of myself for coming up with it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. We'll be back with our guest in just a minute, but first let's hear a quick message from our sponsors. Are you a business owner struggling with building connections with your audience? Are you scrambling last minute to find a photo to post on your social media platforms? Still using stock photos for your website? That's why having a brand photo shoot is so important. Showing pictures of yourself, your team, and what you do is exactly what's going to help you build connections with your audience, which will then turn into clients. But it's not just about having a brand photo shoot. It's all about really connecting with your photographer. It's super important to feel 100% confident before and during your photo shoot so you could represent your brand in the best way and bring the right clients to you. And that's exactly where I can help. My goal is to make you shine in your brightest light while showcasing your brand exactly how you envision it. So let's work together. Head over to CaitlinCasso.com or send me an email at CaitlinCasso at gmail.com and we'll chat more. And now back to the episode. And now you mentioned earlier too, how fitness has helped save your life. And would you say that the two kind of went hand in hand with fitness saving your life and then also your journey in, you know, learning more about inner child work or taking better care of your mental health? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I always look at fitness as a medium or an avenue towards these bigger things because it allows you to build a habit in the sense that it gives you somewhere to go, someone to see, you know, if you're going to see a coach or a trainer or even just the person at the front desk, um, it gives you an opportunity to move because movement is is so important when we're talking about healing, especially in your mental health. And it allows for potentially solitude if you choose to do it yourself. And I think those, those factors all aid in the contribution of leaning into and more towards the work that needs to be done upstairs. (laughs) And for me, I would definitely say that if it wasn't for fitness, if it wasn't for me 
investing a lot of money, scary amounts of money in myself in a way that I never had. Like I, t- like I said, I'm an actor, I'm a dancer. Sure. Um, I run around on stage for two hours, but I'm not athletic. Like I tried a couple of sports here and there. Can't do a crunch. I cried during gym class all the time. So, you know, for me, it was a very big step to take, but making that investment, making that time for myself, having someone to keep me accountable and to be there to hold space and be so loving for me, that's what began this journey of self-love and appreciation and knowing that I deserve these things. And I think that once it opened that avenue, I began to realize that the power is, is and has always been in my own hands to take wellness, fitness, health, all of that, you know, in my own stride on my own terms. And so when the time did come where I was forced deeper into my own, you know, mental illnesses, I pushed myself harder to say, can I go deeper in this? Is there something that I can find that's going to pull me out of this? Because I know it's not my truth. So absolutely. I say anything that allows you to get out of the house, um, show up somewhere and, you know, put time into yourself is, is going to yield amazing results. And that's why I love the beautiful marrying of the two work, the two work, the two works. That doesn't even make any sense. The two, (laughs) the two things that I do, whatever, lack of better words, um, marrying them together. Because for me, like my personal trainer was my therapist at that point, you know, uh, I was, how was I 18 or 19? And I was just going through the thick of it, um, not seeing a purpose in life and yet still showing up at 6am to lift weights that I've never in my entire life touched a weight before. And, knowing that, you know, when I was personal training, I was working with women primarily ages 30 to 80. And I still saw those same things where they'd come in and need me more as, you know, a female counterpart to speak to and open up to and feel seen and validated for more than, you know, how much they were able to squat. That to me began to trigger, there's so much more involved in this than just, picking up heavy things off the ground and paying attention to the exact, you know, caloric expenditure and all those sorts of things. And while they're all great and necessary, trust me, I love, love, love to pick up heavy things and put them down, especially being, you know, five foot two and tiny. Um, All my life, I was told that I was a weakling. So now to find strength in that is something I never in a million years would have thought that I was doing. Um, But yeah, absolutely. I think it definitely is an avenue and people who want to lean into that sort of work, you know, it's baby steps, always baby steps. Like if you want it to be sustainable, which hopefully you do, it's, take baby steps because taking big leaps and jumps, I've never seen it to be super sustainable in the long run. And and I want people to have that forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And you mentioned before how you never considered yourself an athletic type. And when we first talked, I told you, I was like, I am the same way. Like I growing up never felt like I was athletic. Like I did cheerleading and like the, the dance team, like that was my kind of sport. Anything that involves the ball, I run away from. Um, but I love working out. Like I love lifting. I used to do kickboxing at one point and things like that. So I'd love for you to share like any sort of advice that you would give someone 
who maybe feels like they are also not like the athletic type, but maybe how it's still important to like have a focus somehow on physical fitness? The first thing is really to check that ego at the door. I think that's what stops a lot of us. Um, ego as well as that insecurity of, you know, can I laugh at myself if I do this wrong? And I'm going to tell you, and I know you've all heard it before and like, I get that, but even the pros still mess up. And, you know, I actually, I think I'm going to post it today, but I was doing a back squat yesterday and it was my time of the month. So it wasn't a great day to be lifting, but it was on the docket. So it had to be done. Um, and I failed like a heavy squat and I was just like, okay, well, moving along, but I still got like congratulated for attempting that. Right. And like, go watch the Olympics. Like not everybody wins. Like people make mistakes. People fall flat on their face. People, even in the form of lifting, like people pass out when they try to lift really heavy and, and that in and of itself, like they just kind of have to get up and, and brush it off. So I always say for people who want to get into fitness or just getting more into wellness, it's, again, those baby steps, but find something that you enjoy or you're, inter you're curious about because curiosity, I think is one of the best fuels. And on top of that, doing something you love obviously makes it, makes it easy. You know, I always say in life, like every, the world is, you know, actively against us. Obviously I I'm in the mindset that it works it works with me. But um, as we're starting to step into these sorts of things, like the world is already trying to do so many things to kind of like tear you down and, and make life, you know, all of these bumps along the way. So whatever you can do to lower your barriers to entry, like, you know, um, what is it? That energy potential of how our body, like our cells work anyways, whatever. Um, I, I love analogies. So I'm always trying to create them, but sometimes I, I, I quote scientifically incorrectly. So I won't say that one, but essentially <laughs> what I'm saying is make the barriers as low as possible. You know, like find a friend who also wants to do it with you. Just start by telling yourself you're going to go for a walk, a five minute walk, five minutes, two minutes. I don't care. You know, like if you're starting from zero, anything more than zero, is great. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think enough coaches harp on that. And, and even in the entrepreneur world, like any small step that you take on a day-to-day -day basis to work towards this bigger goal is moving forward. And it doesn't even have to be forward all the time. It's just movement, right? Like I always say like make movement a movement. Like that's, I know this guy I follow has, has been saying that for years and, and I've adopted it now because it is, you know, we can move forward or we can move backward, whatever that is, but like stay moving, you know, don't stay complacent. It's that same thing in the fitness world, like stay curious, stay hungry mm -hmm. and, and keep reaching for, for, for what is fun in the beginning, you know, don't do it so that you feel discouraged. Like I have decided I'm going to take on a really big feat at, in the end of spring and I'm absolutely terrified. And I told myself I never would do it. Um, but because I've kind of gotten to this point for me where I'm up for this challenge and I'm ready to really like tear down my mindset and rebuild it because I, I've come to the point where I feel strong enough to be able to do that, mm -hmm. despite I have no idea how that's going to turn out. <laughs> well, I love that you share that too, because that's key, right? Like it one step at a time, as you mentioned, and you might, you know, create this goal that seems so big and scary, but 
as long as you take the steps to get there and also believe in yourself that you can do it too, then you will get there. And I feel like a lot of the times people either compare themselves to others or they just see a goal and they think, oh, that's impossible. I'll never get there. So I'm just not even going to try, you know, but it's like, as long as you make those steps and you make it, you know, a goal of yours, meaning that you're going to take these steps in order to get there. It's not just going to happen out of nowhere. You need to work on it. Then I think that that helps really encourage people to actually accomplish these goals. And that's the whole key. You know, you're not going to be able to all of a sudden just like deadlift 350 pounds going to the gym for the first time, you know, like you need to start somewhere. Yeah. And it's something that I've been learning a lot in my entrepreneurial journey and it's funny because, you know, you'll learn this. I learned it in the acting world. Like you, yes, people can go viral and they can just book that, that one role. Um, but at the same time, you know, don't sit around and wait for counting on that to happen, you know? Um, and for me on the entre- entrepreneur side of things, it's been a struggle for me to humble myself enough that I allow myself to take those baby steps because I want to be taking those leaps and bounds. But at the same time, me wanting to show up and already have a perfect website and a perfect podcast and have all these clients and already be, you know, high ticket offers. Like I'm doing myself a massive disservice because I'm not allowing myself to have this journey. And, you know, egos just coming in, not even to protect us, but just to, to protect that comparison mindset that we get into by looking at other people. Um, so I always say like, stay in your lane, you know, humble yourself with the journey and, and again, working with that inner child, you learn how to be able to, to laugh at yourself. And I think that's a very, very key feature or tr- character trait to have as anybody, but specifically as an entrepreneur is just to be able to laugh at yourself because you and I both know how much we can mess up and fall mm-hmm. on our face. And the, the faster you can brush yourself off, like a kid at the playground, like how many times have you seen a kid at the playground, like totally wipe out and you're like, <gasps> like, mm-hmm. Oh my God. And then they're like, like, just like dust themselves off and they're totally yeah. fine. Like that's the sort of resilience we need. Like we need that. It's okay. I'm okay. And they're just like, keep walking, mm-hmm. you know, like their knee is bleeding, but they're like, it's okay. I'm okay. Like I got to go play. Like I got to keep playing. Um, you know, I've got to win tag. Yeah. Um, you know, having that sort of mindset is like, it, just, it, it again, takes you out of that like super serious, like, you know, gr- like hitting the pavement sort of mentality that is useful in its time and place, but doesn't always have to be how you operate. Mm-hmm. I love that reference to inner child because now I'm totally going to think of that more often. Usually okay. I'm not like a huge perfectionist with certain things. Like say if I made a typo on like an Instagram story or mm-hmm. even an email that was sent out, I'm just like, Oh, oops, that happened. Yeah. You know? So now like, I'm going to kind of think of that in a way too, when those things happen and just be like, well, you could just laugh at it, you know, learn from your mistakes and then just continue going. (laughs) Exactly. They see the world in such black and white. And while there is importance in the gray space and in the logic that we have as adults, sometimes, man, like we, we just need to operate in that mindset so much more like Mm -hmm. decisions faster, decide who we want to, you know, kind of be hanging out with. Like they're so blunt. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what allows kids to just be so innocent and naive and, and jovial is because they don't really care. Like they don't, they don't, they, they care, but mm-hmm. they know what is worth caring about and what, what isn't. 
Yeah, it's so true. I've seen it in my own nieces and nephews. Like, it's so funny. Sometimes I feel like I'm learning from them just yes. because of the way they react to things. Like, yes, absolutely. Happening? <laughs> right? I used to be like a full-time live-in nanny. And the time I spent with those girls taught me more about life than anything else could have, like genuinely. Um, because you're forced into their world. You're forced back into that world. And Honestly, if there's anything anybody takes away from listening to this is like, if you have kids, go spend some time with them, but like spend time with them and be silly. Like don't, you know, don't, nobody's watching you. Nobody cares. Like get on the ground, put on the costume, just like relish in that, like look at the world through their eyes. And I'm positive you're going to have new ideas. You're going to be more creative. You might find some extra motivation. You might find a deeper sense of purpose to your why. And that all goes into building a bigger business and just becoming a better human and bettering your relationships. Like, you know, I could be here all day. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. It just even makes me think of the fact that even when I finally take the time to like go outside and go in nature and go for a walk or a hike, or just like get away from my computer and my screen is Mm -hmm. when a lot of like creative ideas come flowing to me. And I think a lot of it is also because I'm just enjoying myself. You know, I'm having fun. I'm stepping away from like feeling like I have to do something. And that's when things just kind of like start flowing to me also. Mm -hmm. You're grounded and you're inspired. I mean, everything we do is inspired by nature because it was there first, you know, that's how we've created all the things that we, that we have. And yeah, unfortunately our world has pushed us away from experiencing that. And, you know, even the simplest thing from the way we build our homes and our offices, you know, stop us from doing that. But hopefully, you know, I'm, I can continue to encourage fitness coaches to understand that as well and create a new nuanced perspective of how to go about wellness, because I really do think all of it needs a major, um, 180, like a, a just a good spanking. Just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's just, let's just knock the crazy out of you and, and see, and see what else come, comes out. <laughs> and even on that note too, I'd love for you to talk more about your podcast that you have mindset RX and also the nonprofit, because the two messages go hand in hand with each other. And it goes back to the fact that as you mentioned before, you did not like gym class very much as a kid, as neither did I. So I'd love for you to share more on the both of those too. Yeah, absolutely. So my podcast is called Mindset RX, and the RX stands for prescription as well as recipe and my newfound love for CrossFit. And on the podcast, I bring on, you know, visionary fitness professionals who are actively also changing the paradigm and want to share their two cents on, on the industry and, and all of that sort of stuff, as well as bringing on athletes and individuals who have such an incredible locked in mindset that I just always want to pick at. Like, I'm so curious for those sorts of things. So just super honest and blunt conversations, um, that kind of bring us down to the reality of, of what fitness is really all about. And in saying that, yes, I, have always been a philanthropist at heart. My degree is actually in environmental studies and sustainable policy, justice, and arts. So I've always been that that give back sort of mentality. And so in saying that, my nonprofit is in baby stages. It will also be called Mindset RX. And we are on a mission to transform the way that we do gym class. And in saying that, I want to 
I want to ensure that no kid has the same experience that I did where growing up, I did hate gym class. I cried. I felt so insecure. It was it, what I didn't know. It was anxiety at the time and like horrible social anxiety, but like I would work myself up into fits uh, during class and whatnot. And, and on top of that, as I got older into, you know, health education and sex ed and all those sorts of things, I remember turning to a teacher once and confiding in her and what I was feeling and the thoughts that I was having in my mind, which were undiagnosed mental illnesses um, and her not having great resources or capabilities or ability to aid me and point me in the right direction. And I truly do believe that if I had had better guidance from my teachers, as well as just an overall better curriculum that I potentially would have, you know, stopped as been able to not save myself, but prevent myself from potentially feeling as lost as I did and everybody else. Um, I mean, I went, I grew up in a very high performing town in Massachusetts and there was a lot of stress in our, in our mental illness, uh, you know, rate as well as our suicide rate was high for, you know, public school, which is devastating. Um, but on a lighter note, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely on this mission to, to figure, figure that out and, and to really bring in new curriculum and more so just really train, train teachers and allow them to heal themselves in order to then pass that on to, to the kiddos. And I've worked with a couple of, of coaches and teachers now in like a, a beta program. And the results have just been like, absolutely incredible because again when we are able to remember what it was like to be that age we can serve from a different place we can serve from a place of compassion and empathy that we otherwise were disconnected to and that to me means so much because you know as we always say like our future are these these little bright brains and especially considering everything with with the pandemic and and covid so much has changed and their whole world has been flipped upside down. And right now I believe is a very chirotic and very big opportunity for individuals like yourself who are really sharing the stories and voices and messages that matter. And so grateful for you for doing that as well as, you know, people in my industry and, and across the board, you know, and whatever, whoever's listening to this, whatever idea you have, you know, it's important and we need you and we need you to do the work and we need you to show up because, uh, it's, uh, you know, you know, the world is on our side. We're, we're, um, we're having a little shift of, of consciousness is what I would like to believe. If you, you know, if you want to roll your eyes at me, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really do believe we're on, we're on, we're on a, it's an uphill battle, but it's worth it because there's something, there's something good on the other side. Mm -hmm. I hear you on that. I, I'm with you. I agree. But I absolutely love like that messaging because I always say to people how, you know, growing up is already so hard. And so once you kind of have some added, like almost wrenches thrown in, or, you know, mm -hmm. you have these moments of just like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I thinking this way? But you don't feel like you have anybody you can go to or any answers to really help you either. It makes it that much harder. And so I think it's so important to start including, you know, even just like mental health awareness um, for young kids, because if you have no, they might even not even know what that means at first when they're younger, mm -hmm. you know, and then if they start experiencing certain things, then they just feel even more lost growing up than they might've already felt beforehand. And I love the fact that I feel like mental health, um, 
is starting to be more acknowledged as adults as well, which is great because I think, as you mentioned too, like even from a teacher's perspective or parent's perspective, it's like, it also needs to start there. So then they can Mm -hmm. also teach and spread some messages to young ones as well. Um, And so it kind of just needs to have this full circle effect where it's starting from higher up, but also from ground level too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the adults that are in those positions, like I was saying earlier, you know, they don't know any better. They're just operating based off of what, you know, whatever archetypes have been built in their narratives have been built in, in their life. And I believe that they deserve to heal even more so, so that that way they, they can serve that. And, and again, like school, you spend more time at school than you do at home. And, you know, we obviously know that home environments are so different and, and allowing students to have a space to go to where they feel safe and feel seen is, I think, you know, school's biggest purpose and hope. Yes, we're educating, but, you know, educating on what matters. And I have a couple of friends who are as crazy as I am who really want to to change what it looks like. And I think, again, right now with the fact that we're having to look at education and go, hmm, does this work online? How can I actually you know, share what's most important efficiently. And so it's definitely a a very interesting time to be in right now for that space. But yeah, absolutely. Like everyone deserves to heal that. Everyone deserves to have the opportunities and the resources in place to, to grow and, and to learn and to question. Like I always say discernment is a huge thing that's not taught at all. And I think the more that we get to I don't want to use the word arm, but, you know, I always think of it as like our tool belt, you know, the more tools that I get to teach to a kid or an adult, then they get to discern what works best for them. But at least they know that they're well-equipped. That's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That they're well-equipped, that their, you know, their art closet has all of the supplies and all the paintbrushes that they could ever need. And that that can change as time goes on as well, but they know that it's something that they can fall back on. Um, And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I totally agree. And now what kind of advice would you give someone who feels like maybe they're still trying to figure it out in terms of maybe what their purpose is or what kind of route that they're looking to take their life or take their career? Uh, So it's, it's hard for me to say this because this is exactly what people told me when I was in it and I just rolled my eyes, which I know everyone listening is going to also roll their eyes in there if they're in this exact same position. So let me, let me try and say this in a effective way, because for me, everyone turned to me and they're like, don't worry, it's going to come to you. Just trust that, you know, it's going to align and like the path is going to show up. And I was like, it's not wizard of Oz. Like life is not a yellow brick road. Like stop telling me that it is. Um, and, and what, what I genuinely realized and, and I will give this away as a very actionable tip because I'm all about that. Um, you know, I can inspire for days, but if you ain't doing anything, it's pointless. Um, for me, what I realized was two things. One, do you have a fear of being misunderstood? Right. Do you, are you attaching a lot of pressure to this identity of who you want to become of what your business is supposed to look like? you know, of what the messaging is supposed to sound like, what color curtains are you going to hang in your retail store? Like, are you too tied down to the identity of it? And in that space and asking yourself these questions, you know, do you have a fear of being misunderstood or are you okay with falling into things and falling out of things? Because that is step number one in really 
learning your true purpose, if that's what you truly want to do is work in your purpose as you know, the sooner as the sooner as possible, then that's the sort of work that you have to do. And then the second for me, which was the hardest because I was going out there and experiencing the world and trying different things. But I, you know, did have that fear of being misunderstood for so long, as well as I was being very, um, I was holding onto my bone too tightly. You know, I had a lot of resistance against myself, essentially, in allowing myself to discover truly, like to truly let myself fall into different things. And so it wasn't until I kind of created, you know, a mantra or an affirmation for myself that it was okay to do something and to change my mind, Mm. that that was an okay thing to do because growing up, you know, it it wasn't always the best thing. And I put a lot of my own guilt and shame onto that and other people's, um, you know, whatever you need to hear to remind yourself to keep on this path to searching for whatever it is that you want, find what comes up as lies or comes up as, you know, the thoughts in your head and rewrite them to allowing yourself to be okay with it. So I'll give some examples, um, to make it easier, you know, um, I'm not educated enough to do X, Y, and Z. Um, How could we flip that? Well, you could potentially say, you know, because I am, I have the curiosity of a cat, like I can climb any mountain that's put in front of me. Now we just looked at it as what you were seeing as something that was holding you back to now this beautiful trait that you have where curiosity is your driving factor. You know, another example um, you know, a fear of being misunderstood. Like I, I want to be misunderstood. I want people to be so drawn into my energy and all the things that I'm doing that they, they're so curious and inquisitive in who I am, you know, like something as simple as that. Or for me, it was, and this comes from a song lyric, um, by the artist, John Bellion. If anybody knows him, I absolutely love him. He again was a part of my, my mental, my mental healing at the time when he released his album, but he had this song called maybe I don't know, and maybe that's okay. And that was like my anthem for years, like literally to the point where I almost got it tattooed on me because I, I, that's what I kept having to tell myself is even though everybody else is saying it's not okay that I don't know. And you know, whatever, whatever I kept telling myself, maybe I don't know. And maybe that's okay. And I have to turn to family and tell them, I don't know. And that's okay. Even if I didn't believe it, I still had to remind myself that because I knew there was no other way to push forward. So sitting with the fears that you have of being misunderstood and the identity that potentially you have to attach to it, seeing how tight your grip is on whatever you're not willing to let go of or the person that you feel like you should become, you know, loosening that, loosening that grip and finding these affirmations and mantras that will allow you to continuously say, you know, I'm hungry and driven. I'm going to figure this out. I don't know how, but I'm going to figure this out. Or I don't have the money, but I know what I want to do is necessary. I know the people are there, so I'm going to go out and find them. Like those, those mindsets are what's going to get you, you know, above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is such great advice, man. I loved listening to all of that. And I think like a key message is just, you know, getting curious with your own thoughts. Like why is it that maybe certain things are holding you back? Um, and as you mentioned, you know, being able to flip that around and turning it into an affirmation, which I, 
am totally all about. Like every mm-hmm. morning I'm like doing my affirmations and especially they always end up geared towards maybe things I'm not feeling so confident in, in the moment. But now if I kind of create a mantra around it or an affirmation, then it kind of helps change my focus on it in a way. And it, it really reframes my thought. So then I feel more confident in actually doing it. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Reframing, rewiring, re all of that, you know, give yourself the opportunity to, to do that. Cause you're allowed to like, you're allowed to change your mind whenever you want mm-hmm. and changing your mind, even to something you don't believe in. And I learned that from an acting technique, actually, where you stand in front of your scene partner and you repeat one line back and forth to each other repetitively um, until it just feels so visceral that your response is the most authentic that it could ever be. And it was that same thing of, you know, repeat these affirmations to yourself, even if you don't believe them, because your brain actually doesn't know the difference sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the more that you do that, the more it's going to feel natural. Like if I'll tell a client, like, for example, like I was saying earlier with that whole hair thing, I was like, stand in front of the mirror and tell that little girl what she needed to hear. I don't care if, if, if you can turn to yourself in the mirror and say that, like, that's a different story. But I'm talking about like, go and look at her and, and say that, you know, and then if it feels slightly okay, or even a bit icky, like turn yourself in the mirror and be like, I love my hair today. And that's that. I don't even mm-hmm. care if you're crying while saying it, just try, get the words out of your mouth and see what it feels like, because it will instantly, you know, raise your vibration and change, change the way you go about everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that. And speaking to advice also, I'd love to hear if you could look back to when you first started your business, what kind of advice would you give yourself? <laughs> huh, that's a good one. Um, patience, I think is a big one. Mm-hmm. You know, being patient and allowing things to show up as they will as well as going back to what we were saying earlier, not being afraid to ask for things. People love to give. We already made that clear. People love to talk about themselves and people are a lot kinder than, you know, we can picture in our head and they want inherently, they, they want to help. So for me, key, two keys in the beginning and what I feel like is still the beginning, it definitely is still the beginning uh, right now is being patient and honoring that in my body, even though I hate slowing down, but genuinely being patient. And the second thing is to just ask for it, to not be afraid to DM that, that person and say, Hey, I love what you're doing. Could I pick your brain for five or 10 minutes? Um, I just have a couple of questions, you know, like simple as that. Um, you, you want to start a podcast, but you don't know where to go. Okay. Find someone you look up to and message them. And, and even if you, I always say this too, to my clients too, I'm like, okay, there's someone you want to work with and that has whatever, a hundred thousand followers and you think they're never going to see a response. I don't care. Just send it because what you do is you put yourself in that space and that energy of, A, I'm just sending this person well wishes and giving them an opportunity, which is like a gift anyways, you know, but you're also in that state of deserving and receiving that, you know, whatever you feel is, is out of your reach, you know, with massive air quotes, because I don't think anything is out of anyone's reach, but as you're starting out, you do have those potential, if you want to call them insecurities, I guess, but taking those scary steps of messaging someone who you know is not going to respond to you is actually a great practice to have. Um, 
and then and then you go okay well you know i messaged kim k to wear my clothes um <laughs> so i can message whoever else um so being bold and and asking asking for for what you want Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like it also just even goes back to, I feel like confidence is like a theme today. I don't know if it's mm. just in my mind or everything you're saying <laughs> is like resonating with it, but it's like once you do put yourself out there and if something does like work out for you too, then it's like helping you build that confidence to do the next thing too. Exactly. Absolutely. And then it becomes like a snowball effect. And mm-hmm. of course it has its up and downs though. We know that. Right. But if you work with someone like a coach or you just work with yourself to find whatever those tools are to get you back on track. Um, like I have, you know, a list of things that I do when I'm feeling in certain different kinds of moods and I want to kind of change it. Um, and those are my tools. Like that's what I go to, to remember, Oh, look, these are all the things I can do to get me out of this mood. If I choose that, I want to get out of it. Uh, so yeah, find, find the things that make you confident and, and don't let anyone else tell you what, what it should or should not look like. Cause that's, mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And as you know, the theme of this podcast is all about getting out of your comfort zone and everyone experiences different moments of getting out of their comfort zone. So I'd love to hear how you typically help push yourself out of your comfort zone. Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I adopt the, well, first is always the inner child. Cause she has no, she, I mean, yes, me as a kid was a was very shy, but my inner child, you know, the version, the best version of myself is not, and she asks for what she wants. So a, I would say reconnect back to that little kid of yours. And if they want something, they're going to go and run and get it. And they're going to get out of their comfort zone to do it. And they're not going to give two hoots about it. Um, I would say that's, that's the first one. And the second one is something I, I adopted from, oh my goodness. I can't believe I forgot her name. The woman who does like the five second rule, oh. Mel Robbins, who, what's her I th- name? I think so. I think it is. Something like that where mm-hmm. she just goes count down from five and by one, just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, you know, easier said than done still, obviously, but it sometimes is like, don't let your mind think about it for too long. Cause then it'll talk you out of it. It's mm-hmm. really great at doing that. Um, so if you can act on an impulse quick, amazing. And little side asterisk note, um, that is is very valuable for me was, again, when we're talking about baby steps, follow your gut instincts and getting out of your comfort zone in very small ways. And I say this as a practice to my clients where I go, when you're walking down the street or you wake up one morning, if you're craving something or you're walking down the street and you see a store and you want to walk into it, don't think twice, just walk in right? Like, don't think, oh, do I have time? I I probably don't need anything else that's in there. Don't window shop, just walk right in. Mm -hmm. Simple as that, right? That was something that I used with my social anxiety a lot to help me combat it was, okay, if I want something, I'm just going to act on it really quick and not think. And then I'd like meet a cool, you know, person in the shop or see something cool or not at all. I just walk in and I go, well, this is weird and walk back right out. Or I have a craving, you know, I had a client and we were we weren't actively working on healing or eating disorder, but it just, it ended up being that thing. And we were talking about that too. I said, when you have a craving, fill it, satisfy yourself. Like, you know, don't tell yourself you don't deserve that. You do. Um, and, and so I'm talking about like, start with those baby steps. And then when it comes to big things, like being at an event and seeing your biggest mentor and wanting to go and talk to them, and that's terrifying to you, like you'll be prepared for that because you know, you already did the workout, you already did the warm up to it. Um, and then, like I said, it just becomes easier and easier. And the more that you realize that we're all just 
the same, you know, kind of gross skins, suits of skin with bones. Like, (laughs) you know, no one is better than you or more special than you or whatnot. They're just at a different point and you know things that they don't. That's something very important to keep in mind as a, as a budding entrepreneur is you always have an upper hand in something. Like, you know, something more than somebody else does and they know something more than you do. So harness that, wield that as your, as your superpower or, you know, as your super weapon and, and remember that. So when you start in those small moments of just honoring your gut instinct, you know, messaging someone or responding to a story and just saying, Oh, I love that. Or, Hey, that's so cool. Or, Oh my God, I didn't know you also lived in Boston. Let's hang out. Small Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So that when it comes to those bigger things, it's going to be, you're going to be like, oh, that's a breeze now, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I totally resonate with it because even when you mentioned like, you know, if you like think too much about something, you think twice about like, should I go into that store or should I go to the gym today? Or should I do this? Should I eat that? Then I feel like for myself, if I don't do it, then I'm like constantly thinking about it after I'm like, oh. I wonder if like they had what I wanted in that store or what if I did go in there or what if my day would have turned better if I did do that? Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm Mm -hmm. constantly thinking about like, what if, so I might as well just do it. If I have that thought in the first place, might as well just do it and see what happens. (laughs) Exactly. You know, and that's the key right there. Like, Oh, what if, what if like, you're not honoring yourself if you're not showing up in those little tiny spaces and I know this is easier said than done for so many people because when my social anxiety was at its heightened, like I didn't leave my house for days because I was just terrified of speaking to anybody. Um, but again, it comes down to what is the easiest thing that I can do that will slowly ease me out of this. Um, and it's that same thing, like make, make life simple for you, unless you're absolutely ready to tackle the hard stuff, which, you know, sometimes you, me, all of us, we're kind of crazy enough to just go, you know what, I'm going to do this cold Turkey, or I'm just going to say, I'm going to do it and put my foot down and grind to it. And that's great. But, you know, I really want to make sure that, that people allow themselves to harness themselves with the tools that know that if you were to fail at that big thing, or if it doesn't look how you wanted it to look, that you're going to be okay with that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And now before we kind of finish off the podcast, is there anything else that you wanted to talk to that maybe you didn't get to talk about today at all? Um, I don't think so. I, we've been, I, I'm, I've, I mean, I'm always a chatty Kathy, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I hope obviously, you know, people took some golden nuggets away from this and, and not only just inspired, but, you know, taking that action and knowing that, you know, the voices that you hear on this podcast, again, are not anywhere ahead or behind you. We're just doing the thing and we want more women on our side to also do the thing, you know? So whatever, you know, I can do to support anybody in that journey, I'm all for Yeah, I love it. Me too. (laughs) And now before we get to the last section, which is our fast five um, section, I'd love for you to share where everybody can find you also. Absolutely. So I am always active on Instagram. It is my first and last name. So at Serena Abalian, S-I-R-E-N-A-A-B-A-L-I-A-N. I am there. I'm alive and well on <laughs> there um, constantly. And that's, that's my, that's my number one way of reaching out. I love being super, super chatty in my DMS and stuff. So please, please, please reach out if you want to. Um, it's just like two best friends chatting away. Awesome. I love it. And so now we'll just do the fast five where I will ask you a question and you can answer with either a word or a phrase that first comes to mind. All right, let's do this. Okay. 
So the first question is, what is the first thing you think of when you hear the word growth? Ooh, seeds. Mm, ooh, I mm-hmm. like that. That's mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. What or who inspires you? My inner child. She's my biggest mentor. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what is a hobby that you have outside of your business? Ooh, well, I, I mean, I'm going to say acting. I hope that that counts um, because I, I, do, I do sincerely love it. Singing and performing is one of my favorite things to do whenever I get the chance to. I do it. Yeah. Awesome. And as a little kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a teacher and Broadway star. And, you know, I kind of get to live both of those lives right now, you know, (laughs) kind of. Exactly. You do. That's so awesome. I love how that happens. (laughs) Yes. And now if you could capture one specific moment that represents your life through a photograph, what would it be? Oh, Oh gosh. Hmm. That's so funny. First, what the first thing that comes to mind is like a photograph of, you know, everybody in my family, like both sides, like grandpa, you know, people who have passed even and, and just that and just the joy of all of us, like on a beach or something. I, there's a, there's a photograph that we have that I'm, that I'm kind of basing this off of. Um, but yeah, because for me and, you know, I, I'm positive everyone else at the end of the day, like, you know, love is what really matters. It doesn't, nothing else does. So if I could just have everybody all in one place, having a good old party on a beach, and that was the photograph that represented me, I think, I think that would, uh, that make me content. Yeah. I love that. That is so awesome. And thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. You had such great advice. Like I feel inspired. I feel like I have learned so much from you. So I really appreciate it. And thank Thank you so much for sharing it with the world. Absolutely. Thank you for having me and for giving me the Apple box to, to, to shout, to shout from. (laughs) Thanks again for listening to the inspired by her story podcast. I hope you found some inspiration, motivation, encouragement, and empowerment to get you out of your comfort zone and live your life to the fullest. Make sure to follow rate and review on Apple podcast and follow the podcast at inspired by her story on Instagram. Follow my brand photography on Instagram at Caitlin Casso Creations and come along with me during my travels at Caitlin Casso. Go ahead and share the podcast with a friend and take these stories with you to meet the changes in your life that you've been looking for. Stay tuned for the next Inspired by Her Story episode.